Hi, and welcome to the podcast in the woods. I'm Josh. And I'm Sam. And this is episode number four. We've been doing this for, well, a little more than a month now. I mean... <laughs> Five weeks? Because we skipped a week. Yeah, we did skip a week of recording, but by the time we're releasing things, like, we'll, we'll be releasing every week solid on Mondays, so... Yes, welcome, we should be. Wel- welcome back. It's, you know, I hope no one has a case in the Mondays today. A case in the Mondays? Although in this quarantine, every day is a case in the Mondays, I feel. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know I'm, I, that's hitting me for sure. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but... It's the case of the Sunday nights. We record on Sunday nights so <laughs> this is the bright spot in our sundays <laughs> well most sundays are just dreading the fact that tomorrow is the start of the work week yeah. but but also we get to release a podcast episode so so that that's fun <laughs> i enjoy that <laughs> well last week we talked about our favorite movies yes and uh you know we're gonna go back to just a cut you know randomness <laughs> this General week movies. well i don't know my, mine's not really random so much as just chosen for the times we live in yes. um <laughs> <laughs> mine's random but yours is <laughs> just a reminder that we we do have dogs and our husky is giving us a look yeah <laughs> so this you is... may hear him in the, the podcast the, the, this is gonna be one of those nights where we've just got to wrangle him all the time. That's okay, though. You guys like him. <laughs> Everybody likes dogs. And if you don't, you're not human. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can not like dogs. I just want to okay, maybe that out there. Like, yeah, if, if you've been attacked by them when you were young or at, at, at any point in your lives, really. You've, if you've got reasons not to like dogs, but if you're just like, dogs, ew, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. But if you hear a huffing in the background, that's him. He's just having a day. Some days he's, like, fine, and other days he's just very vocal. And today we've watched... Wait, no, two? Okay, we've watched... Over the weekend, we've watched a total of four Star Trek movies. And he... There's something about Star Trek theme that makes him want to scream. (laughs) (laughs) He, He howls along to the Next Generation theme song every time. And like you pointed out earlier that it's just something about hero music. Yeah, it's this the, the high pitched brassy music. like trumpets and he he just he He's he, like this is crap. I hate it. He, he feels the need to howl. It doesn't seem like he's like howling along because he likes it. It seems more like he's agitated like nope, nope. Do not want so he's just in an agitated state today, so <laughs> you're going to hear this sound. Do you, do you want to say something, Ghost? Please. I'm giving you the opportunity to say something. <laughs> there <See>. it is. <laughs> See, maybe we should. No, you can't be a co-host. Yes, you can. Look how pretty you are. Look how pretty you are. <laughs> okay, so yes, the movie I have chosen tonight... And, you know, again, like you probably if you've been here for all four weeks, then awesome. You know the deal. If this is your first time with us, then we are a married couple from the middle of nowhere in Ohio. Yes. Who we love to watch movies together. We have very differing tastes in movies. And we have nobody else to talk to about movies right now because it's during the coronavirus. (laughs) So, yes, we uh, We are isolated. Each episode, I choose a movie, and Sam chooses a movie, and we, well, we go through 
spoil the crap out of them all, uh, talk about our favorite bits, and uh, <laughs> most of the time, you know, we're we're nice to each other's movies. Uh, a couple episodes ago, very bad things. Uh, I hated Sa- it. Sa- Sam did not have good things to say about, but it's understandable. I hated it. It's not her thing. So. <laughs> okay, there's a difference though. I can, I as a person can recognize when when a movie is good, even though it's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you know. I, also, what I do because yeah. rom coms are definitely not my thing. And you know what? I I wanted to talk about this on the podcast too. Like I I like starting out the podcast with your movies because there's like a whole community <laughs> around them and I'm really sad that there's not like a whole community around rom-coms <laughs> like why aren't there like we, we started doing the what is it the Billy Bob yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's it called <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're currently watching The Last Drive-In hosted by Joe Bob Briggs on, on the Shutter app <laughs> And yeah, like uh, we've got a Twitter. So l- this weekend, I live tweeted a couple of those movies, and we got some new followers out of that. And just, you know, in it general, it was fun. But why isn't there something like that for rom coms? In, in general, the <laughs> horror community is very like into its things. And but why? Why is there not something for me? <laughs> <laughs> because we're like, well, I don't want to say. We're better than everybody. We're 10 to 25% of the population, maybe. How do you know that? Where do you get these numbers from? I'm making up numbers. These are are arbitrary numbers. I'm sure that there's lots of people who love Tuscan under the sun, but don't say it under fear of what? No, that's what I'm saying. The horror community is a small but intense and tight-knit group, and, you know, rom-coms, it's just kind of understood that... Oh, most, if not, <laughs> the majority of people like them. I think there's a conspiracy. <laughs> anyway, so do you want to start off but, with so, the- so yeah, Sam's idea is like since horror movies have such a community around them, then like you know we kick off with with my movie, and you know, and then it's, if you I'm, want not to be horror all the time, if this you isn't want to really horror. drop off at the end of the podcast. <laughs> But but also, you know, the people who are here for the rom-coms and, like, you know, the, the, the more mainstream-y type, like, movies. Uh, the first part of the podcast is going to be a thing. It's going to be... Oh, they can skip it's, through. It's going to be a shock to the system. I'm an interesting person, even if... <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not discounting if, that whatsoever. Even if you don't like the movie. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, you know... I really, the, you know, the, I the really... first half is going to be a shock to a lot of those people's systems. So, uh... Cleansing, not cleansing. What's what's comfort food? What's the what, what's the term you usually use whenever oh, we watch something and then <laughs> you, you need to? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like we'd watch an episode of Game of Thrones and then you'd have to go over to Parks and Rec to uh, to <laughs> get Gosh. back on the bright side of the world. I'm kind of glad that the last season of Game of Thrones sucked so bad, so I don't have to rewatch <laughs> that show ever again. We are quarantined right now. We're binging. All all of our favorite shows in yeah. history and Game of Thrones hasn't even been a consideration no. because of that last season. <laughs> and I'm kind of glad it's a rough show. It's amazing as the first six ish se- seasons six are. And a half? Yeah. Seven and six. The, the end was just six and a half. the end was not what was promised. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm sure it was. It's just they rushed to it and they didn't earn it. But anyway, this is not a podcast nope. about Game of Thrones. Nope. This is a podcast about this random movie and another random movie. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, I have chosen the 2008 movie Doomsday. Doomsday. <laughs> this, is, this seems very fitting for the fact that we're all uh, locked in our houses because of a deadly virus. It's fitting because we're all doomed. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I won't interrupt it. This, uh, this movie was written and directed by Neil Marshall, who also did another of my favorites uh, that Sam is dreading one day might show up on the podcast. He is the guy behind The Descent. I've watched it and I hate it. I hate it. I mean, it's a good movie, but I hate it. And I will complain the whole time. <laughs> she doesn't... The stress... Watching movies to get stressed and scared is not her, the reason why she does it. I have a comment about The Descent. <laughs> I went camping with my friends like two years ago, maybe. <laughs> And you said the first movie you watched was The Descent. And it's a movie about a group of girls who go camping. I'm like, why would you do that? Why? <laughs> Bad vibes, man. <laughs> I'm not the reason why your your you camp sent... was beset by like was it drunks or weirdos? Or... It was it was it was somebody doing drugs. <laughs> I, it was more than alcohol, you guys. Like, I think this girl was having a very bad trip. And then she had the audacity, the audacity to get mad at us for like being loud the next morning when we were leaving. Like, Screw there was your a, hangover, lady. Yeah, there was a lady who was having a very loud and a very bad trip on drugs <laughs> the whole night. <laughs> and the next morning, we were just a little bit too loud when we were trying to pack up and leave. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't compare to, uh, like, su subhuman creatures under the ground or anything like that. He's describing the descent, and it's <laughs> terrible. You made me watch it one time, and I did not like it. I mean, it's a good movie. Oh, I love it so much. And I also love this movie, <laughs> The Doomsday. I don't love this movie, but it's tolerable. It's more tolerable than The Descent. <laughs> yeah, The Doomsday is set in, you know, the near-ish future. Uh, it's set in Ireland and the UK, the uh, the whole island is basically um, well. There's something called the Reaper virus. It's very contagious and incredibly deadly, which the uh, coronavirus is very contagious, but not nearly this deadly. Yeah, no, like the there, Reaper virus is like boom dead. Yeah, there's gross. there's no boils on your faces or anything like that. You just have, you know, you you cough and can't breathe, and well, you know, then eventually some a lot of people are dead from this. <laughs> Way too many people are dead from this and people are still comparing it to the flu like uh, okay no t no tangents no n none of that back back to doomsday yeah the reaper virus is horrible and it causes the government to build a wall basically cutting the whole island in half <laughs> and just leave the sick people north of it to die and during Rude. All Hashtag rude. <laughs> yeah, this movie's heavy on exposition. This this intro sequence is a good 10, maybe even 15 minutes. That's not bad. It's not like an annoying... It's not like in... Um, 
what's the movie Aquaman? <laughs> oh <laughs> where man. Where there's like a heavy exposition scene in the middle of like an action scene. <laughs> and it's like, hey, can you guys stop talking and get back to the action? Like this fits. I feel like in Doomsday. I mean, this is really ne- it, when you're setting up a, f- a future world like this, and and they sh- they they show it while it's happening. Mm, yeah, yeah. There are protesters everywhere because uh, people were. I don't know if there's protesters, but there's people trying to survive. Uh, there, well, they were quarantined. The government said that if you stayed in your houses, you'd be safe, and that's not how things worked out. And so, you know, I don't that's... think they were protesters, though. I think they were people trying to escape. Yeah. Because they knew that they were going to get quarantined and locked in, and then abandoned. And yeah. They were. At at this point, if we see people building barriers along the roads, they're going to be a little suspicious. We <laughs> we may not want to go along with our stay-at-home orders anymore. <laughs> But I mean, I'll be fine. I'll, I don't care. We're, we're, like they're going to care about us on, if we're on this side of the wall or the other. They're not going to care. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, they're at, at in this point of the movie, like there are people running at the gates, and we see like one mom holding her young child who like takes a little bit of gunfire in the eye. Like the child does, gets Wait, the child. Yeah, the child gets her eye shot out, and uh, they shut the wall, close everyone off. There's a military helicopter leaving, and the mom runs up to it and basically convinces them to take her daughter from her yeah. to safety. And the eye thing is just a, a neat little detail that comes back later <laughs> once this kid grows up. But of course, society completely falls apart before then and the rape and murder and looting etc etc and then they start eating each other this is all given to us in a voiceover by Malcolm McDowell who uh, is in way too many movies we, we, so we just saw him in one of those Star Trek movies The Generations and also Community another show we've been binging lately <laughs> but uh let me know when you're done with the synopsis and I will jump in with all of my comments well, I mean, there's, there's still so much more synopsis. This is just like the setup for the world. But then, you know, later on, the, the child has grown up and she's a badass special agent type thing. And she has a video camera in her detachable eye. <laughs> <laughs> and the government has found out that there are survivors north of the wall. So they send her and she's played by Rona Mitra. Who yeah. is awesome. And I would just want to interject that the reason that they are sending her over the wall is because the Reaper virus is back south of the wall. <laughs> Shocker. It came back. <laughs> yeah. And now all of a sudden they need the people up north that they abandoned. <laughs> and listening to some of the the arguments between the government figures and uh, <laughs> and the police officer, um, his name is Nelson in this, is uh, played by Bob Hoskins of uh, Who Framed Roger rabbit fame. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. I'll watch it at some point. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of scenes where he's arguing with the government on what to do now that, you know, everyone in London is dying because of the virus. And it really just echoes a lot of what we're going through. I mean, like, all of the people were like squished together in ghettos because they couldn't afford to pay their rents and they got kicked out and they couldn't afford their houses and stuff. 
I'm not going to get political. <laughs> basic income. Yeah, if only universal basic income and, you know... They could have fixed this during, problem, but they didn't During the coronavirus <laughs> quarantines, maybe even canceling people's rent. Anyway, like I Like other all... countries have done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> other countries that have done this way better than we have. But Anyway, we digress. <laughs> but yes, there are survivors. And they've known about this for like 10 years at this point, and they're finally putting together a team to go beyond the wall to find a cure because now they need it because the Reaper virus is killing them again. The survivors are ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so the, the team, we've got a couple scientists and a couple military people. We don't really need to get attached to any of them because they're just, uh, <laughs> they're just cannon fodder. <laughs> they're red shirts. <laughs> <laughs> A joke you now get. I do. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they send her and this team beyond the wall, and just everything goes crazy from there. Yes. That's that's the basic synopsis of the movie. Yes. Um, Are we jumping into thoughts now? Yeah. I absolutely loved how the different societies on the other side of the wall worked. Because for some reason, like, there was, like... Of course, there's the expected Mad Max society, but also <laughs> there was, they, like, went back in time and did the whole, like, medieval dress-up type stuff. <laughs> yeah, so the doctor I that was... The, the doctor that was working on the cure for the virus is, is played by Malcolm McDowell. And he's, like, north of the wall. Yep. He's stuck with all the sick people. They, 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 sent, they sent this team to find him because they assumed if there was a cure, he would be part of it. Uh, go figure. There's there's no actual cure. The the survivors are just naturally immune to the disease. Correct. So they're going to, you know, if the resolution of the movie is just they find, they, they bring a survivor back and like, here, she's immune. <laughs> so make a vaccine out of her blood. Done. Yeah. <laughs> but it's ridiculous. And, 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 and you know. Coincidentally, the doctor that everyone went to to seek out, he was one of the immune people, one of the survivors. Go figure. <laughs> Hooray, movie plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they get to the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, like their first stop. Oh my gosh, it wasn't even that long into the movie. They had like how many tanks and they, then they lost them immediately. Yeah, two, two giant like armored personnel carriers full of people and like the first attack by these punk rock escape from New York Mad Max people and both tanks are done. Yeah. And and all of the army people except for like the black dude Norton which he's pretty awesome in this movie. <laughs> he he Aside from Rona Mitra, he gets MVP because he just... At one point in the movie, he saves everyone, and then he still doesn't make it to the end, and I'm so bitter! He gets Boromir'd. He does. <laughs> in an ground, underground story. <laughs> but, yeah, but he I, saves everyone, and then... I, I personally love... I, I personally love the uh, the punk rock guys. The, the, the leader, Saul, he's... He's just nuts. 
is it is a show. <laughs> uh, you know, ex- expect the movie Escape from New York at some point. That's I've a, never that's seen a that. classic, and this is very like that. They have to. You know, New York is walled off, and they send <laughs> Kurt Russell in to rescue the president. We should watch that. Is it good? Oh, it's very good. Yeah. Okay, we should watch that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the punk rock society is just completely batshit. They're they're <laughs> crazy. Um, they capture one of the scientists and, <laughs> and cook him and yeah. carve him up and pass him out. Which the soundtrack to this movie is amazing too. This scene has a Susie Sue and the Banshees song. It's freaking great. The cooking scene was a little cringy for me. <laughs> But what did he really expect? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they throw a big party. They got dancers, and they. Got... Well, what did any of them expect? Like they abandoned these people. They, sh- <laughs> they, 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 they shut them off. They built a wall, and they just just forgot about them. They didn't even airlift food to any of these people. They were just like, "We hope you all die." <laughs> <laughs> we just assume you're dead already, anyway. So we're we're cutting off that bandage. So why would they give them any sort of like respect or any? Thing coming over the wall. <laughs> well, and come to find out, Saul is the son of Professor yeah. Kane, Malcolm McDowell's character. The leader of this ridiculous community is the son of the doctor who was working, who was working to find a cure. He, the doctor guy, is the leader of the other community that I secretly love. And and he's the told medieval community. <laughs> and, and he's told everybody on this side of the wall. That everyone on the other side of the wall is dead. Like, the, yeah. everyone here believes that they're the only people left alive. I do have a criticism about that. Like, wouldn't there be radios and stuff? Like, what are those, like, radios we see in all of the... Like the ham radios? Yeah. Or like, yeah. like, wouldn't there be those where they would be able to communicate with people on their other side of the wall? Or just, like, phones or satellites or something? I guess we're made to believe that, like, society is just, like, broken down so far that they can't even get that... You know, they can evidently get spotlights and stuff like that for their little dance show to... But not, like, little radios and stuff. Yeah, they, they've got microphones and an announcer and everything, but, you know, they just they can't communicate with the outside world. I guess. I don't know. I have criticisms about each other's, like, knowledge of the other community. Like, this wasn't that long ago. They're... I mean, drones existed. Yeah, this is 2008. Time. Yeah, like there were dro- there's drones. Like I don't know. I have <laughs> criticisms about that. <laughs> I mean, we gotta suspend disbelief to make the movie work sometimes. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody has. Well, I guess we do have cell phones in in here every once in a while, but. Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Soul is interesting. Um, then also his sister is in jail <laughs> in, in his area. who She's played by uh, an actress we just recently saw in The Witcher on Netflix. She plays Tessa, the, or Tessaia, the, uh, the, the, the leader of the Sorceress's Academy. I don't have any comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what her name is in this movie. Like, she's just, uh... I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she, eventually, like, she Was meets... Was that the same lady from Downton Abbey? 
Yes, she was oh, in Downton okay. Abbey also. She was in Downton Abbey. She was the one who kissed the dude with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this is not something I know anything about. <laughs> no, I watched that when you were mostly gone. But now you're never gone. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You were talking about Saul. <laughs> and and Sol, Sol also has a girlfriend who we, you know, her name on IMDb says Viper. We don't really ever hear that. She's yeah. just covered in tattoos and crazy hair and has she, a pair of swords. She exists solely for her aesthetic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> She's just there because she looks awesome. She looks cool. <laughs> and then Rotomitra kills her and just pretty short order yes <laughs> and soul isn't happy about this no yep she's got a beheaded corpse but hey she'll be back later in the movie her corpse will be back <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Ronamitra escapes with one of the scientists well no he, she meets up with norton and the other scientist and brings along soul's sister oh yeah <laughs> And there's a daring rescue on a train, and then they take the train and ride on horseback, and they get to the medieval area where Kane is in charge. Yes, Kane's the doctor who was looking for the cure. And he was using this opportunity to regress back to a point in time in society <laughs> that he he apparently admired. Yeah, his little group, um, they, they live in the remains of an old castle, which they have there's a like, gift shop. Yeah, and... I know. There's one shot where it's like, you think that this movie has traveled back in time, but then you see the sign, gift shop. <laughs> there's like emergency exit signs and things like that. It's pretty amusing. Yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, they have a big giant dude in like full plate armor, and they're going yeah. to execute Ronamitra in a one-on-one -on -one fight that doesn't exactly go as they planned. Yeah. Doesn't she kill him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, after he, try, he like he tries and fails so many different weapons, yeah. and she eventually grabs a morning star and just plunges the handle of it into his brain. And in the meantime, what's the other character's name who did everything to save them? Norton. Yeah, he's like kicking butt. Yeah, yeah he, he's <laughs> laying waste to all of Kane's other men yeah. while while Rotomitra is just beating up this one dude. He's doing all of the other work, I and mean, then he eventually well he's he eventually saves her. She she does have a, a pretty impressive kill count in this movie too. Okay, by then, yeah, it's true, but he <laughs> saves her. Yeah. And then they escape to an underground storage facility where they get a car. And I have a comment about the car whenever we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but of course, as they're getting into the car, you know, Norton's trying to get there and he gets gunned down by arrows in the back. Yeah, and it was a very Boromir type scene. But yeah, so, so her and the sister and the one remaining scientist are in this black car. Yeah, let's recap real quick. The It's the main character, um, a random scientist who has seems to have a thing with the daughter of Kane, the doctor. Oh, oh yeah, the, the, the daughter got thrown on this guy and like that was just enough for them to to want to hook up there and love okay, forever now. Okay, but they're both beautiful people. <laughs> I support it. <laughs> So, what about this car now? Yes. Because okay. they they go speeding away in this car, and a police car catches up to them. Yeah, it's the angry people. <laughs> yep, and we're, it's the Mad Max we're, crew. We're back with them, and we're going to get a Mad Max style chase scene to yes, end the movie. Yes, and I have a comment about that. Okay, so there's a car that they use from the storage facility. 
and the I think that it was definitely product placement (laughs) because there's a chase scene after this and there's no way that the the cars from the Mad Max crew could keep up with this car that was in the storage facility (laughs) and I have proof (laughs) so the car from the storage facility that the main characters are in is a 2008 Bentley Continental GT the horsepower (laughs) of this car it's a 600 horsepower car and just for comparison you own a 2012 Honda Fit. <laughs> Do you want to know what the horsepower of your car is? Is, is it even like 150? It's 117. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just for comparison. And the cars that they are using to chase this Bentley Continental GT. Like beat up pickup trucks and they school buses. and They are not any better than your Honda Fit. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a 600 horsepower car. It gets up to... Yeah, one of them is a cop car, which you assume that's pretty souped up. Well, this gets up to six... I did not even think to research cop cars. It was... That's an old cop car, though. It it was. It was a beat-up cop car. Like, this is... Like, this car, this Bentley Continental, apparently gets up to, like, 200 miles an hour in 60 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's no way that this chase scene would have ever happened. (laughs) Yeah, and we've got... Like just everybody from the uh, from the Mad Max people, there's like we got Soul driving a convertible with um, his girlfriend's corpse yeah. sitting in the passenger seat with her there's, head just kind of duct taped to the body. Yeah, my argument is he, that he's not sane. There's just no way that these crazy people could have kept up with this freaking awesome car. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but that was definitely a product placement, but. Well, that's and why they allowed it, probably. At, at at this point in time, like it's two thousand eight, I felt like this was probably the coolest chase scene I'd seen oh, in, yeah, in a movie before. This before is, the Mad Max yeah, movie, this Fury Mad Max Fury Road exists now, so that's all blown out of the water. Yeah, but, I will agree that Mad Max Fury Fury Road. I can get on board with that. All of the cars would be about those speeds. <laughs> <laughs> this one does not fit. <laughs> But that's just me. Anyway, my, <laughs> my, my rant is over about the car. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some pretty hilarious stuff that goes like somebody shoots an arrow into the head of hmm. <laughs> the dead head of the girlfriend. And Soul gets very pissed at that. Well, and he's angry at everything. He, he's very angry at everything. He's, there's nothing he's He's just about. perpetually screaming, which I love. <laughs> I was kind of, you know, I'm rooting for the Rona Mitra, of course, but. But beyond that, I was rooting for him. I, I'm i rooting for no one. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, eventually the main characters do escape all of this nonsense. Yeah. Eventually, <laughs> Soul gets his head blown off. Yeah, eventually the main characters make it to a helicopter. And then the main lady's like, take this girl, she's immune. (laughs) And the doctor that was with them on the other side of the wall was mad, but he went with it anyway. (laughs) And of course, the corrupt politician who's now in charge because the prime minister blew his own head off after he got infected. Yeah. Which the, you know, the the prime minister was... uh, uh, Dr. Julian Bashir from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. and He was also that guy from Game of Thrones. Yep, he was in Dorne on Game of Thrones, which nobody cared about. <laughs> he was in the wheelchair after his brother died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> Deep Space Nine. <laughs> 
Bethesda up next for you. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, the corrupt politician guy who's in charge now, um, Ronamitra's character gets a confession from him because, of course, she's videotaping everything. If you heard that random noise, that was our dog scratching himself because he's itchy. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the one that's usually quiet. He's just suspiciously good. <laughs> so, anyway. So, so, yeah, she gets a confession on tape that this guy plans to not give anybody the, vi- the, the cure for the virus or the vaccine or anything like that until it's convenient for him. <laughs> He's going to make money off of this. Yeah. And then she, you know, it, it was all just a job for her. So she goes back and stays north of the wall. Yes. For a little while. Yeah. And Bob Hoskins' character, he goes and tracks her down because he can. He was he, the cop who originally saved her, I think. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he knew that she was just going to find the address of, of where her, her mom used yeah. to live, and you know, she just hang and out be there. Be sad. <laughs> <laughs> she just wanted to see her mom's face. She wanted to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> So she gives Bob Hoskins' character the uh, the the evidence, yeah, and is just going to stay north of the wall. Is that what happens? I thought she gets into the helicopter with him. Nope, nope. Really? She does not leave. She she just watches oh, him that's fly right. off because then you know he's got the evidence. He he lets it out, and uh, the Canaris guy, the corrupt politician. We just get a shot of him being pissy, <laughs> <laughs> and then we see her. Roll up on the Mad Max community yes. <laughs> with with their the former Mad leader Max Soul's community. head. <laughs> she just tosses it the, at their feet and is like, hey, if you want something to eat, try a piece of your friend, <laughs> which is, you know, a callback to what they did to her back when they had captured her. And and they all love it. Everyone cheers and now she's in charge and <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> Overall thoughts about the movie, go. I mean <laughs> it's just awesome like the action is crazy the the story is really compelling and interesting especially these days <laughs> now that we're living something it was fairly similar theory. how weird and yeah similar we, yeah the, the not to say this movie called anything but no, it didn't because society did not collapse to the d- well, you know, it's- chagrin of the preppers. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to make it. They're 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 doing what they can to push it along. I guess they've got nothing better to do. But yeah, I mean, I the the gore effects in this movie are just fantastic too. How much gore was there really? There wasn't too much gore. There was just the cooking of the man. I don't know. There's uh, early on in the movie, a guy gets the side of his head blown out with a shotgun blast. Uh, yeah. There's all the. I mean, just the the diseased people are gross. Yeah. There, there's a lot of creative death in this movie. I guess you could like. You know, if you're not comfortable with that, just, like, be on Pinterest for <laughs> during those bits. <laughs> not that that's Sam's strategy during most of these movies or anything. <laughs> but, yeah, again, like, the soundtrack's incredible. Not just, like, the music that they chose, like, the, the licensed music, but also the original score. It's got this very, very retro 80s feel to it. It's, I don't know, it's just my type of music. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> the acting's pretty great. Rona Mitra just she rules. <laughs> I she has not done nearly enough like since that movie. 
Like, I, I haven't seen her in a whole lot since then. Like, she was in... I forget which Underworld... It was one of the Underworld movies that Kate Beckinsale wasn't in. It was like a prequel, and it it wasn't that great. I haven't seen all of the Underworlds. Eh, I, I, I wouldn't suggest watching beyond the first one. But yeah, I mean... I've always thought this movie was cool, and nowadays, yeah, I definitely watched this to as like kind of a, I don't know, cathartic, <laughs> get the quarantine thing out of the system thing, or just you just wanted to face the worst head on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's that's been my strategy for. This is like a worst case scenario, and it's not even happening right now in any, <laughs> in any like situation. No. Oh. Yeah, we aren't nearly this bad, but <laughs> luckily the the disease that's out there isn't this bad. Yeah. It's still bad, people. <laughs> <laughs> I I I thought the movie was good for what it was. There was parts like I definitely enjoyed the medieval scenes way more than the Mad Max scenes. I just I I don't like the Mad Max scenes because <laughs> I just know personally I am a person who would not survive in the Mad Max world. <laughs> I just couldn't cut it, so I don't like seeing movies with Mad Max type <laughs> situations in I'm, it. I mean, you know, Fury Road's going to be in one of our episodes. At I'm going to hate point. it so much. It's so stressful, <laughs> and I know it's it's a really good movie. It's really effective for it what it does. So it's really fantastic. good. I hate it. I hate it so much. Literally the best action movie ever made. It is It is very good, but I hate it because I get so stressed out. It's so stressful. <laughs> I would not survive. I would just be... I would be dead. I would be the sand underneath their feet because I would have decomposed and my bones would have been trampled to death back into sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, hat, or, wait, I, I, I would give this movie like... Five removable eyeballs out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that noise. <laughs> I would give it nine out of ten Mad Maxes. <laughs> and now, are we going to take a break before yeah, our let's, next movie? Let's do that. Let's take a break, and then we will come back with uh, with the comfort food, the, uh, the 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 bright the brightening of the day. Now that I've now that I've stressed everybody out and had all of this death and destruction, and <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 do some lighter fare. Lighter fare. May, maybe not in the the very first scene of this movie, but we'll get to that here in a few. Yeah, <laughs> let's take a quick break. With my movie. <laughs> say, say, I enjoyed it a lot more than Doomsday, but that's what happens when it's my movie. <laughs> now, to be fair, when we watched this the first time, I was also a big fan of it. I really liked it so much that I bought it. And you know what? It, it's just, I don't really buy that many movies anymore because they just show up random places at random times. But I bought it. Yeah, we, 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 we definitely, like, we'll, we'll buy the physical copies of Marvel movies and, like, other movies that we're really into. Yeah. But then, you know, we'll buy digital copies of movies that we're just kind of like, eh, I want that, but I don't need to have it in my hands. 
This one I needed to have in my hands because I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not even like, you know, there's like some romantic comedies where I love it, but it's ridiculous. But this is a nice romantic comedy where the plot, like, works and stuff. I mean, this is a... (laughs) This is a quality movie that definitely and, like fits, you know, you know, pre pre coronavirus. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if it's the world we were living in, for sure. Pre and post coronavirus. <laughs> but um. But, but yet, yeah. didn't you include this in one of your like three rom coms yeah, that you there, actually enjoy? Th- there are exactly like three rom coms, like full blown. Like I'm not talking like the Princess Bride. That doesn't count. That's a fantasy movie. <laughs> Oh, the princess fright, yeah. Like that, 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 that doesn't get it lumped in with normal rom coms. This is just the flat out rom com, yeah. <laughs> and long shot, and a movie called Safety Not Guaranteed, uh, which will be on the podcast at some time because I love it too. And, and a movie called The Big Sick, which is will probably also be on the, <laughs> on the podcast because I love it too. <laughs> so yeah, I I have. Those movies are the one the rom coms I will choose myself to watch. Well, I don't think you would choose. I don't know. This is on the edge. This is one that you don't have to choose because I will choose it for us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm gonna give a quick um, description of the movie. It's from 2019. It's rated R. It was directed by Jonathan Lev- Levine, Levin. Um, but it stars Seth Rogen and Charlie Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron is the Secretary of State in this <laughs> um, synops- in this scenario. Uh, Seth Rogen is a journalist named Fred Plarsky who loses his job after quitting at a major... It's like a BuzzFeed-type corporation, it seems like. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. The movie starts off with him investigating um, white supremacists. <laughs> and, and then he jumps out a window, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, before, before we even get into what happens in this movie, the very first scene... Like, is Seth Rogen in a room with a bunch of Nazis? Nazi, like, yeah. literal. Like, white supremacist Nazis, swastika tattoos, and like. He's getting, like, a, his own swastika tattoo in the middle of, like, being an undercover journalist here. And I'm not gonna lie, every time we boot this movie up, I'm like, wait, is this the right movie? <laughs> yeah. Are we watching the right thing? Is this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, it just, it really feels. It's a shocking start. <laughs> it's a good start, though. And then he uh, eventually gets, like, well, he doesn't get fired. He quits his job after his... The the Fox News-ish company yeah. buys his his company. Yeah, like, there's, like, a business, another, like, conglomerate. Uh, Wembley Media or something like buys that. Buys his uh, newspaper slash, like, media outlet. And he quits in protests. And then eventually through, like, a party... He runs into Charlotte Field, and it turns out he and Charlotte Field, who is now the Secretary of State, they grew up together. She was his babysitter. He had a crush on her. And so they get thrown back together, and Charlotte Field, like, uh, brings him on as part of her PR team to, like, help write her speeches. <laughs> her her and, PR team is very, uh, they, yeah. they're breaking down her likability pretty yeah. much, and none of it involves um, her policies. Because she wants to run for, sta- for president. Yeah. <laughs> anyway but like she and fred while she's on like a tour um uh, trying to promote this new initiative um 
I forget what the initiative even was. It's some green uh, it's, a, it's an environment thing. Yeah. While she's promoting that, they sort of um, connect during the speech writing, and then they fall in love, and then there's... And then there's um, the whole... Like, that's, like, the first half of the movie. And then the second half of the movie is them figuring out how to date because she's the Secretary of State. <laughs> and he's... Um, yeah, she sleeps with her eyes open. She has no time. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that aspect. And then there's also the aspect of, like, the whole world wants her to get with um, the Prime Prime Minister of Canada, <laughs> who's just a different type of um, attractiveness <laughs> than Seth Rogen. Yeah, I don't want to shoot. Sh- I don't want to shoot down Seth Rogen at all. But uh, he, he, <laughs> le- th- this guy is played by Eric, the sexy vampire from True Blood, the 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 the, the evil sexy vampire, not not vampire Bill Compton or whatever. He, he's this is the bad boy vampire. This is Seth Rogen from all of the Stoner movies that you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so yeah, these two guys battling over Charlize Theron. <clears throat> I love it though that Seth Rogen wins. Well, yes. <laughs> Basically, it's just an adorable movie of a like of a powerful woman in charge who's putting her career first and he's supporting her. Like, I, I've, like, heard people say before that if you're an ambitious person, you either need a really supportive partner or you need to be single. And this is one of those, like, situations where she, you know, found somebody who's really supportive and it's, you know, a really nice, like, thing to see in a movie. And and he can also still have his life, too. I mean, he, I, I love the fact that he is a journalist with integrity. <laughs> he, he's, he's a bit much when it comes to it but um, like he's he's very passionate about the things he stands for and I mean journalists can be objective but still have their own ideals and hold to them and this is something that people in the world don't understand I don't know how much the movie gets into all that he just he quits on principle <laughs> Well, I mean, the, but, guy, the, the guy who... We definitely have a, like, mustache-twirling evil villain in Mr. Wembley, like the, the owner of Fox... The, the Wembley slash Fox News. Well, I would still... If I were him, I would still continue to work there. Unless, like, you know, the random Secretary of State wanted me to come write speeches for them, I'd be like, <laughs> okay. But, um... <laughs> I would still continue to work at a place like that and just write whatever I wanted to write and made them fire me so I could get benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, we, we got to have some conflict in the movie somewhere yeah. beyond just like them like falling in love with each other and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's the funny thing is too is he wrote stories about her boss, the president, like getting elected by what was I forget what it was in the movie but there was like some outside force that like helped him get elected oh shoot I don't remember that part at all oh I do it was it was like one line in the movie oh. where another country like helped him get elected and he wrote, <laughs> well, he wrote stories about it and he's also a former TV actor <laughs> who's not very smart or good at his job Oh wait, is that Seth Rogen or no? Is the that actual the- president, the the actual oh, president yeah, the actual of the United States, Chambers something yeah. is like he was on TV, and the reason he's not running for re-election is he wants to like make that jump to movies. Yeah, he wants to be a Hollywood actor instead yeah. of just a TV actor. 
And so his Secretary of State, Charlotte Field, is gonna run for president. And then the, the end of the movie is they don't like her environmental initiatives. So they try to hold some sort of... Um, they, what's the word? They, they, they basically try to... I don't know. Hold hold her things for ransom, or if the, you if you don't stop with this, there's blackmail. Then, they have blackmail yeah. over her, involving Seth Rogen's character Fred Florsky, and then she just says, "Screw it! I'm just gonna be honest with the American public, and they can decide for themselves." And what, then, which go figure, that actually works. <laughs> And then she gets elected president, and Fred Flarsky takes her last name. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> of course, his uh, his first what was it? First man, like yeah, he was the first husband, the first man. I, I forget what they call because you know we got the first lady, and they had a, they, they said something in the movie. I've, I've, he's the first gentleman. <laughs> something like that. But everybody's got their painted portraits or yeah. whatever, and his is a. Uh, Painted by Todd McFarlane, the <laughs> the comic book artist who did Spawn. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, like one of my favorite scenes of the movie is earlier on. Like one of the members of her team is played by June Diane Raphael, yeah. who's just fantastic in everything she's in. Yeah, she's one of the PR people on she, her team. She's hilarious. She hates Fred. <laughs> yeah, she she hates Fred the whole movie. Yeah. Well, until the end. No, she still hates Fred. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at, at one point, they 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 know that they they know that Charlotte has started dating Fred, <laughs> and so she is trying to convince her not to <laughs> by um, showing her. <laughs> scenes of a uh, like you know this is this pretty woman dating Guy Danny Fieri De- yeah. or Danny DeVito and like no 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 and Charlotte's like oh I see what's going on here yeah it was like a poll test or something like how would people feel if Rachel and or Jennifer Aniston was dating Dan David DeVito <laughs> or something like that you know go figure though you know. They, early on in the movie, they talk about how Americans love underdogs, yeah. and Seth Rogen is very much an underdog <laughs> when it comes to dating Charlotte Fields, and so yeah, of course this goes over well. <laughs> <laughs> they make it work, they make it work, and it's super cute throughout the whole movie. Like, they go to a bunch of different countries, like overall, I love how just adorable it is and also how it puts the the woman's career first and like because you don't see that a lot it's a lot of you know the woman has to sacrifice her own life for the man and this one it's she's pursuing she's trying to make the world a better place a better healthier place and he's supporting her in her initiative and in the end, he's willing to give up a lot of things in order to, like, continue seeing her and being with her. And she's like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to risk it. I'm just going to put it all out there and let people decide what to think. <laughs> it's it's a nice movie about. I don't know. And just, it's also a Seth Rogen movie still. Yeah, <laughs> because. Oh, my gosh. Are you thinking about the, the we, we haven't got into exactly what the blackmail is. 
um, that they were. No, we're not going to go into the blackmail because. Aww. But, but, but. <laughs> I don't want to say that word on the podcast. <laughs> but before that, there's a scene where they're doing, they go to. They, oh, they yeah, go, there's some drugs involved. Yeah, they go to a club after she has a particularly hard day. With the president. <laughs> she gets a really bad phone call from the president, and she's just really defeated. So she's like, I want to... Well, how does she want... She's like, I want to smoke some Molly. <laughs> and Seth Rogen's character is like, that's not how you take it, but okay. <laughs> so they go to a club, and then they do some drugs, and then there's like a whole like hostage scene, <laughs> and she's like high on drugs during it. She's like, I really hate my boss. <laughs> we don't negotiate. With, there's like the whole the, there's a line where she's like we don't negotiate with terrorists but we do negotiate with homies <laughs> yeah she she is very clearly just trashed out of her mind and negotiating the release of some hostages and it works <laughs> the guy's like I hate your boss too <laughs> So it, they make it work, and then she frees the hostage while she's high on drugs. <laughs> well, another great scene in the movie is like when they, when they first hook up. They're in a foreign country that is dealing with an insurgency problem, yeah. and they're, the building that they're staying in comes under some fire. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlize Theron, like, uh, they, they save a couple people's lives. Uh, Charlize Theron throws a dude over her back. Yeah, it's their and, security like, team. Like, runs down the hallway, and Seth Rogen's just kind of, like, He's, trailing behind, like, helping, like... He's, like, dragging... A woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, a very light woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and at some point, they end up kissing, and another, like, her head, her chief of security comes in and basically catches them, <laughs> and... But he's got a job to do. He's got to get them on a plane yep. to safety. <laughs> but I love this so guy... Because he's just 100% on their side. He's yeah. helping them, the, like, hide their relationship the rest of the way. Yeah. He's just, he's he's a good dude. Yeah. Thank you, Agent M. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, a, and then there's a Seth Rogen's best friend character, uh, Lance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's fun. He's oh, yeah. a fun character. It's, it's entertaining near the end because Seth, you know, Seth Rogen is obviously, like, very hardcore, like, on the Democrat side. And he's shocked to find out that, that his, his best friends are Republican. <laughs> <laughs> it's, pre it's pretty funny. <laughs> Seth Rogen's character was like, I'm a racist, you're a Republican, I don't know what anything is anymore. <laughs> yeah, this movie is very cleverly written. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> I, I won't make any comments about the licensed music. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, at one point, they're having a sappy dance to um, It Must Have Been Love, But It's Over Must Now. And it's like, wait, but this is a breakup song, guys. Why are we why are we dancing to this? That's just like sometimes sad songs are nice to have romantic dances to. You wouldn't know because you never dance <laughs> to anything ever. I, you've never seen me in a mosh pit. That's not dancing. It is, kind of. That's chaos. Yeah. <laughs> dancing is chaos to no, me. No, dancing is nice. <laughs> <laughs> People are listening to this like, why are these two married? 
We don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. It's because she's hot. Okay, no. <laughs> okay, my parents listened to the first episode of this podcast. I don't know how far they're going to make it into this podcast, but they don't need to know your thoughts on this. <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't need to know that I'm attracted to my wife. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the other listeners don't need to know either. I grabbed your phone for some reason to try and make this stop. <laughs> stop saying nice things about me. <laughs> But yeah, like you know, I, I definitely, en- I enjoyed this one. Like, it, it's not something I would have chosen to watch on my own before the first time I saw it. Yeah. I will admit that. I'm trying to think if. Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. You, you continue. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, before the first time I saw it, like I was like, oh, that looks funny. I'm not gonna go out my way to watch it. And then your wife made you watch it. But I watched it, and I was like, and now I'm your like, wife made you. No. <laughs> made me you don't make me watch anything <laughs> yeah i do anyway continue and then i'll say but, my thoughts but yeah i i thoroughly enjoy this movie i'm trying to think um if you have to be liberal leaning to like watch this and i don't think you do i don't know maybe you do a little bit eh, i mean they definitely paint the conservative media to be like villains which we're not gonna get into that but i think like because she's definitely i i mean he wrote about her boss so i think she's technically supposed to be a republican in this movie because the chambers is supposed to be a republican i'm pretty sure Mm. we'll have to rewatch it again just so i can prove my point but i think it's an enjoyable movie outside of politics if you don't read too much into the movie. If you read a lot into the movie then you're going to need to be a liberal-leaning person to enjoy it. <laughs> if you don't read a lot into the movie and just focus on the romance, then I think you're fine across the board. Yeah, I mean this movie's about political figures so, I mean, th- At some to, point, to think it's, it's going to be an apolitical movie yeah. that's not happening. This isn't... I'm trying to compare it to the movie The American President, and you know what? It's kind of similar. It doesn't really take stands on issues or anything like that. Just environmentalism, but it's such a vague policy in the movie that you don't really know what it is, and so you don't know which side of it you personally would be on. Mm. So... And which is... It's kind of... It kind of echoes The American President, which is from the 90s, um, which will also be appearing on this podcast at some point. Because <laughs> he takes a stance on environmental issues because he starts dating a lobbyist who was lobbying for environmental in- issues. So <laughs> it's very similar to that movie, I would say, if you enjoy that movie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think we've reached the end. Yeah, this is a, it's it's definitely this movie has definite feminism in it too, like you've brought up with him. With- I don't know if you would have to classify it fem- like feminine feminism is such a charged word, and like I know it is unfeminist in order to be advocating not using the word feminist, but it's just as a pro human, you know, pro equality stance. Like you don't have to be <laughs> wanting to promote women over men. It's just. You know, she's the ambitious person, and they're both ambitious, but she's got a more important job to do. So he supports her. This is just the way the world should probably work. 
Well, I don't know about that. It's just like, sh- like in an, in a relationship, sometimes the one cup, one person in the relationship is going to get more of the support than the other person, and one is. Su- and the other person's going to have to sacrifice. Like, he couldn't keep being a journalist after they got together. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be reporting on the White House yeah. that his wife works in. Yeah, it's kind of like when runs. Connie, like here in Ohio, when Connie Schultz probably had to quit her job at, like, the, I forget what newspaper she wrote for. Connie Schultz is married to our senator, Sherrod Brown. Um, and she had to quit, like, a newspaper or something after he got elected. Because she couldn't, like, report on him honestly because she was married to him. So it's kind of like that. Oh, my gosh. This is this is Connie Schultz's Sherrod Brown. <laughs> <laughs> they love Connie Schultz and Sherrod Brown. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> yes, again, we're from Ohio. <laughs> we so. are from Ohio. <laughs> Connie Schultz, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to say about Longshot? Or? Other than I love it and I recommend it. It is... Um, trying to think of what you said. It is like... Five parts out of five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my, my thing ten is... Ten McFarland paintings out of ten. Is that what the, the artist's name was? Todd, Todd, Todd McFarlane, yeah. It is 10 Todd McFarlane's out of 10 Todd, Todd McFarlane's. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd give this nine converted swastika tattoos out of 10. <laughs> 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 he gets the start of a, a swastika tattoo, and eventually, in the end of the movie, he's turned it into, like, a stick figure. <laughs> like a dude. <laughs> and those are just the legs. <laughs> he's like, this tattoo has had an arc. <laughs> it is eight journalists out of nine. <laughs> so, well, yeah, that has been Doomsday and Longshot. This has been episode number four of the podcast in the woods. We will catch you next week. At some point, we're going to get the cabin in the woods on our podcast. One of us is going to choose it. Probably yes, me. We should. I would choose it also. It is a good movie. I like Joss Whedon stuff. And this is a <laughs> Joss Whedon movie that we are our ghost what's your opinion on things tell us real quick right now tell us what's your opinion on the world <laughs> do it do it okay he's nope, not gonna do no, it no no dog bark to, to to take us home do it so this has been episode number four we will see you next week with two more movies that are tbd <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we will figure that out later. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. See you next week.